Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Code Concepts with Rachel Patterson and myself, Pete Roque. And today we are running a little behind because I had a senior moment and forgot to press the go live button. And I apologize. So we're in the middle of this fascinating conversation. And then I'm like, hey, there's no chat. So Anyways, take it away, Rachel. Oh, so, well, Mr. Miraflor and I had a good conversation until Pete, like he said, had a senior moment. No, I'm just kidding. So good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us again. Um, so as I stated in the beginning when it didn't get recorded, oh, just giving you a hard time, Pete. Um, we are here with another awesome guest. Um, Pete and I try to bring you great guests with re relevant industry information. Today is no different. We have an awesome guest, Mr. Arthur Miraflor. Mr. Miraflor brings with him tons of experience in the industry, tons of experience elsewhere, which he somehow seems to bring it all together in this awesome, um, compact version of amazing Code Enforcement Officer Safety. He's got a lot of experience in the Marine Corps. So thank you for your service, Mr. Miraflor, and I'm gonna let you take it away again. Okay, well, I want to thank you for um, Mr. Pete and I believe it's Four Clover. Four Leaf. <laughs> Four Leaf. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> St. Patrick's Day the other day. Hey, wow. Well, uh, for Leaf for inviting me. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to interview and share uh, just a very uh, few points of my experience and career. And I want to um, be able to answer any questions that anyone will have. And I want to just uh, be myself and just yak and talk. And you have a question or a concern, um, please ask, and uh, I'll try to answer it to the best of my ability. So I was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, 1952, a couple years ago. And um, my parents moved from Hawaii to Merced. And from Merced, they moved to Los Angeles. And from Los Angeles, they moved to Stockton in 1968. In 1968, I started learning Filipino martial arts, which the school I started to attend is the first Filipino martial arts school in the United States. So before that time, people were practicing Filipino martial arts in the garage, in the basement, in their backyard, and they wouldn't, you weren't allowed to teach or learn this martial art unless you were Filipino. So in 1968, Grandmaster Angel Cabalas broke that uh, thinking and that trend of thought and opened up the first commercial school in Stockton, California. So since then, I am been promoted to a grandmaster. I have schools all over, one in Moscow, Russia, one in Tallinn, Estonia, one in Riga, Latvia, one in Nashville, one in Fort Worth, Texas, one in Kansas City, one in Santa Rosa, my son, and two in Stockton. So in 1971, I graduated 
and I started construction in 1971. In 1989, I acquired my California contractor's license, which starts with number 58, American Heritage Construction. And so I've been doing construction kind of sort of ever since in many different roles. Also in 1986, I started working for the city of Stockton and in, in 2001, I retired as a senior code enforcement officer. So in 1987, I started teaching employee safety on the city of Stockton training manual, meaning this class was approved and was designed to help city employees on safety on the job and off the job. So some of the participants and, and, and the, uh, my, my students were parking enforcement, animal control, uh, utilities, code enforcement officers, building inspectors. Uh, they leave a, a great impression on a lot of owners in the city, just like code enforcement does. So officer and employee safety was really big back then. And so for five years, I was on the city of Stockton training manual and offered this class two times a year for employees. And it was a very, very great success. In 1989, I started teaching code enforcement officers in the state of California. I believe then before the name of Casio, it was California, uh, uh, California Code Enforcement Association. And I started at a seminar in South Lake Tahoe under President Max Fernando. So he uh, asked me to come up there and do my thing and show my class. And since then, I have been teaching in 35 different cities in California and graduated just over 3,100 men and women for officer safety. Since then, I have realized that different cities and city managers and associations that officer safety is not a priority. There's other things that are more of a priority and I know over the years of code enforcement officers around United States that many have been uh, killed in the line of duty. And I believe some of that could have been prevented with some proactive and aggressive officer training that should have been offered to employees. Right. So, I, I feel that's very sad and even today I want to do more and I try to expand my company, workplace employee safety, um, not only in California, across United States. Uh, I am working with uh, uh, a former uh, coworker and, and friend, Carl Simpson of Dallas, Texas. And I believe he has about 200 
code enforcement officers, and we're working something out to go to Dallas and teach them officer safety. So I'm open to any city, any state. Uh, it's There's not a lot of companies or classes offered, such as the classes that I teach. Yeah, you are absolutely right. Absolutely right. So real quick, Mr. Mayor, for I do have a question for you. So looking at your website, you know, you, you do have an extensive background. You talk about martial arts, you talk about code enforcement safety, you bring um, what it looks like as a whole package. And I really like that. So how does one go about or a municipality go about bringing in your services? Do they contact you through your website? Um, is it more word of mouth? How do you get involved with the municipalities to bring like you said, um, you know, such a message in a class that's oftentimes um, not brought front and center. Well, if some way, somehow you have the ability to flash my website, uh, just the um, WW uh, link on the page. I don't know how you do that. You got it. I'll do it right now. I'll go ahead and put it on the site. Um, okay. One of the, one of the things that I really like about Art is you know what Art's been a code enforcement officer and he understands the true nature of officer safety because he, he's done the job. It's not an easy job. I mean, we're one of these uh, professions that are out there to tell people how awesome they are. We're we're there sometimes to give uh, you know some bad news and it it can it can be really it can go sideways really fast and a lot of people don't realize that about that about our profession that that can happen. Um, one of the things that, you know, that I learned from art was like real life scenarios like, hey, I'm walking by dog starts attacking you. How do I get that dog off? I mean, yeah, I can give you theoreticals all day long. But, you know, having that information, you know, using your clipboard, you know, jamming your f fist down to the, the throat of the dog. I mean, those are things that, you know, they're real life situations, life and death situations. And, you know, one of the things I can appreciate about art is, you know, um, I'm I'm. I myself, uh, a martial arts person, you know, I've done judo and jujitsu for many, many years, and it's a lot of muscle memory. You know, there's a lot of folks that take one day of training and, you know, have a false sense of security. It has to be constant. Officer safety has to be constant. And you've been doing this since the 80s. You know, um, right now there's a big emphasis on officer safety, but it's officer safety has been around for many, many years. And you've been on the forefront of that. And, you know, a lot of times you don't get credit for that art. You know, you've been teaching this, you know, when I first started code enforcement, I attended one of your classes. I was really, I was really fascinated for the information that you, you taught. I, I saw you at a seminar, then I took your class in another jurisdiction, you know, and I learned something new every single time. And that's something I could appreciate. And, you know, when you talk about Dallas, I understand why Carl would bring you into Dallas because the stuff that you teach is real life scenario stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's important. It's, um, uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's very, it could be life-saving. Now, um, the other component of officer safety that I, I like to discuss a lot is, you know, the, the need for um, legislation to protect code enforcement officers. You know, California has been a leader in doing stuff like that. You know, me personally, I was one of the founders of the Officer Safety Committee for the California Association of Code Enforcement, where we, we our focus was on sensible legislation to protect our officers because we don't have that. You know, I, I think a, um, a crossing guard in California has more safety precautions than a code enforcement officer, which is, you know, I mean, we're out there knocking on people's door saying, hey, sir, um, that car that, you know, you took your 
wife to the prom with that 82 Toyota Corolla in your driveway, uh, it's inoperable and needs to be either fixed or removed. And they don't like that. <laughs> it can go sideways really fast. Yeah. Um, let me say the website that you flashed was the wrong website. Oh, That's my, my martial art website. You have another one. Okay. <laughs> I do a lot of things. Uh, the website I would like flash is www.workplaceemployeesafety.us. Okay. That's that's the right one. Okay. Yeah, I don't want them looking at the other website. They might get scared. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well you are a scary individual, so you know. So, but no, but it's a it's a good thing. I mean, um, learning of all the stuff that you do, it's impressive. I, honestly, like I can say, look. I, I wouldn't want to tangle with you on the street, you know, <laughs> Hey, uh, Hey, you, you know, and it's funny because, you know, and, and I would say the origin stories, you know, this, the last time I hooked up with art, I, I ran into him at Calvo in Ontario and I haven't seen art in years, but I remember, and we kind of were like, Hey, you're, you're art. You're like, Hey, you're Pete. I'm like, yeah, Hey, we're in a completely different industry, not code enforcement. It was more building. And we're like, Hey, we need to, you know, we need to market your stuff. We need to, Bring it out there. Officer safety is a big concern for for our masses. Code enforcement needs continual officer safety training. You know, um, I know Cecilia is offering uh, women leaders in code enforcement and awareness training with the Arcuri Group. That's another group that's out there that's specifically for awareness. You know, Art teaches not only awareness, but he also teaches like, hey, if if something hits the fan, this is how. This is the your best case scenario. This is what you need to do. This is a real life situation, you know. So, and I'll let him explain a little bit more about that. So, let yeah. me let me get you that website, and uh, we'll go ahead and go. So, our, so, let me back up a little bit, Pete. I in reality, I'm really uh, uh, a nice guy. Uh, my wife and I celebrate August 45 years of marriage. I have four children, grown and married. I have nine grandchildren. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm, I'm a God-fearing person. Uh, love the United States and support, support our, um, our freedom. And also 1972, I'm a Vietnam veteran from the Marine Corps. So I, I have uh, given back and I continue to give back to young people I've had different uh, groups and associations that I've started working with young people, with, especially with boys and mentoring them. I've uh, been a missionary overseas in the former Soviet Union in the Baltics. So I've been to about 27 different countries and um, I have a lot of, lot of other experience, but safety should be everyone's concern on the job, off the job, whether you're, no matter what your occupation is, including the uh, office personnel and girls and guys in the office. In Stockton, back in the day, we had a crazy person jump over the four foot counters, uh, countertop and ran in the back to one of my coworkers and got in his face and was ready to knock his head off because he was mad. But the office didn't have the proper barriers, the proper safety measures in place. 
a lot of offices across the United States are just still open. You just walk in and the crazy can do whatever he wants. So agencies and, and, and managers and supervisors are not thinking safety or they would think the whole package, not just, you know, carrying different toys like pepper spray or something, just carrying that badge and flashing that badge, that's gonna stop a uh, 2000 pound uh, bull. Uh, that, that, that doesn't work. So going back to legislature in California, across the United States, but in California, this is where my other good friend, Carrie Simpson had proactively done many great things for the state of California for officers and other people like her continue to do that. But I don't think it needs to stop there. And I don't think they're doing enough because when you go home, if someone's following you and they got your license plate, they shouldn't be able to follow up on that. And I was always told, don't go home the same pattern, do a different pattern. And <clears throat> it's each of us have to think about our safety. Uh, after I quit code enforcement, I was in a restaurant sitting with my wife and a former upset client, city um, citizen, came up to my table and said, hey, I remember you. You're the blank, blank, blank that did this, this, this to my property. You know, yeah, I'm still mad. And I go, wait, 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 wait. I, th I think you got the wrong guy. I got a twin brother. <laughs> so my wife sees my hands kind of slightly sliding my, my cup of glass of water away, my silver away, and my butter knife is laying right there, okay? And this guy doesn't have a clue what I could do with plastic, even a plastic knife. <laughs> and so I, I practice what I teach and what I preach. De-escalate a negative situation using verbal judo, verbal self-defense, talk them down, calm them down, and do de-escalation first. It's not, I'm going to jump up and just give the guy a body slam, give him an elbow jab, and, and throw him on the ground. It's, it's not that. It's not that at all. I've been doing this long enough. I know that's not the answer. And so I say to all employees that work for city, county, and state, that when you're in a bad negative situation, one of the first things you want to do, if you have time, not always, is de-escalate that situation. And while you're doing that, you're walking backwards, if that's a option, and get you some space between this situation, this person, this dog, Okay, you can even talk a dog down, okay? So they listen. They do. <laughs> put an object between you, a trash can, a tree, a telephone, uh, telephone pole, a car, a fence. You got to move. You don't just stand there with your hands folded and, and 
you know, they're reading body language and you're reading body language. So all of these things are things we talk about in my class uh, when I come to your city, to your agency and help you with officer safety. Um, my class is usually around a seven hour class. It's a combination of PowerPoint presentation, lecture, lecture, um, a lot of laughing, a lot of joking. Uh, we have a lot of fun. And then there's the best part is the practical self-defense where we pair up and actually practice these techniques to, uh, on each other. And over all my years of practicing and teaching, so far, no one has been hurt, uh, physically hurt. And uh, of course, we ask people that have some kind of ailment to sit down and watch, don't participate. But um, as Mr. Pete has been in my classes and he has helped me at seminars, he's always on the side, coach me. Hey, Art, what about this? What about that? And I have taken his ideas and suggestions and apply them to my class. And my class continues to grow uh, and expand in ideas. I'm always open to new things. And the best part of the class is uh, anytime during the class and at the end is the Q&A. Because people always have these, what if this, what if that, what if this, what if that. And so that's important because people want to know and I see so many managers, supervisors, they, their city, they don't have the budget. That's no excuse for not training. It doesn't matter you have zero budget. There's still 101 things you can do to be safe on the job and off the job. If you're not safe off the job, you're not going to show up the next day to the job. So I, I feel it's, it's a package deal. And I just love, uh, love what I do besides my construction company, American Heritage Construction, uh, and besides my uh, workplace and employee safety uh, at my church. I'm the director. I'm on the board of trustees. I'm a director of ushers in charge of all my ushers. I'm director of in-house security. And um, I... Besides all of this, this is just stuff I do on the side. My real job is uh, I'm a quality control manager for Graystar, the largest apartment builders in the world. And so out of 30, 35,000 employees, I'm only one of 14. And so my job is very detailed, very important. And I travel a lot. I'm over California. Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Colorado, and Arizona. So I travel a lot. So the moment I step out of my house, my radar keeps going 360, safety, safety, safety. When I'm driving in all these different cities, on the snow, on the ice, safety, safety, safety. And my, my motto is, and I want to leave this with, with, with this group, is that see something, say something. If you see something, you don't say something, shame on you. Uh, you need your head. Well, I didn't say that. Uh, you just, you have to warn. That's why when you're driving, you see a yellow light. The light turns from green to yellow. That's a caution. And if it turns red, that means stop. So even in your everyday comings and going, 
you should be able to use the green, yellow, and red light in everything you do from going to the store to going to the to work to riding the train to riding the plane you know god gave you five senses and if your eyes fail you and you don't see this because you don't have eyes behind your head maybe your sense of smell you can smell alcohol or marijuana or whatever smoke a fire burning and if that fails you maybe your ears can help you you can hear this noise i don't know if you've ever heard the sound of a double a a uh, a shotgun ratchet right behind you it'll make your hair grow go straight up <laughs> and chills through your body if it catches you off guard and so that's why being aware of your surroundings is so important and always looking and reading body language of animals, dogs. I had a cat attack me. A cat attacked me, a black cat in this house, and it growled and I kind of backed up and it just jumped. Well, luckily I had my clipboard in my hand as it jumped, I used that clipboard his head hit that clipboard real hard because that's what I made it do. And that cat went down on the ground and ran. But don't put even a chihuahua, like, ignore it. I mean, it could be any kind of animal. It could be even a little eight-year-old, a little three-year-old. I've had little kids, including my grandkids, swing and hit me in the wrong spot. And <laughs> I didn't expect it, and I lost, <laughs> and I was hurting. So, you know, as adults, responsible adults, I feel it's all of our obligation to teach each other lessons learned that we have learned in the past and pass it on and share on the job, off the job, and our experiences. And in my class, I always talk about, oh, your supervisor just flopped this case on your desk, say, Art, by the way, this needs to be handled this week, so get on it. So the first thing you want to do is get on the computer and Google Maps or, or MapQuest and see where is this at? Oh, it says in South Stockton, it's out the charter way. Uh, yeah, you need to, you might need backup. You might need to be, do a radio check. You might... You might need a little bit extra help because you know going into it, that's a bad area. And then you look at the house and you see, oh, it's a cul-de-sac. So as you pull into this on this, uh, this case and check on this garbage junk and debris, okay? You think, ah, it's just another easy one. Well, don't, don't always let your guard down, okay? So as you pull into this cul-de-sac, you drive past the house, you can park facing the exit the, the, the right way out so that if you have an emergency, you don't have to do a U-turn, you're not trapped, you're readily available to get out should there be an emergency. And all of these things are stuff we, uh, you know, uh, things we talk about in my class and every day, Officers should think about 
you know, from the moment you get leave your house to you show up to work, you know, you show up to work, big parking lot, maybe it's not secured. There's some guy over there between two cars. Hey, you don't have to run over there and say, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Get somebody, make a phone call. And before you know it, it could have been your co-worker's catalytic converter that just got stolen. So, you know, it's, it's, it's different things like that. I think with us aware, being aware and awareness is, is very important. And being officer safety and this class, my class, you can't afford not to take this class. This class depends on your life. It really does. And it's a great class. And I, I thank you. Uh, over the years, uh, Mr. Pete um, <clears throat> attending several of my classes, and he's always had a positive word for me and encouragement and always some pointers to improve. And so have other officers of different associations, including Casio. And uh, I, I just want to be open and available uh, to, to employees and of all departments and agencies and try to be available for them to answer questions and for officer safety. So Art, one, one of the things I can really appreciate about you is that, you know, you, you, you being a previous code enforcement officer, you realize that code, you know, officer safety starts the minute you get that complaint. You know, like you said, look up Google Maps because, uh, you know, it could be in a gang, in, you know, gang area. You know, so you may want to have that backup. So right off the bat, you're thinking of that. And I think it's important when people take these officer safety courses, somebody that's actually done code enforcement work can understand that. You know, we have uh, police officers that teach code enforcement, you know, uh, code enforcement officer training, which is okay. But, you know, we're, we're a specific type of code. You know, our job's a little bit different, you know, like you said, um, with the animals. Um, you know, I had a I had a previous animal control officer that uh, she she trained me. She used to be an animal control officer and then became a code enforcement officer. Uh, we were at a warrant and a dog was racing towards us, and then she just started yelling at the dog, "You get out of here! You stop! Get out of here!" And the dog stopped and took off because she yelled at him. And I was like, "Wow! Yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta dogs listen." She goes, "You gotta yell at them." You know, that you tell them that you show them your boss and you're letting them know that you're going to take care of this. And I was like, wow, that was the first time I ever, you know, I always thought like if a dog lunged at you or, you know, that was end game, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. But, you know, there's some defense mechanism that say, hey, you know, yell at the dog or get in between the dog. You know, there, there's a psychology, uh, you know, with communicating with animals. So, you know, that's something that I can appreciate with you being a code enforcement officer. Uh, being able to being able to do that. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, like you were saying, Art, is, is what is our job? It's our job to share knowledge, you know, and we brought you on here because you have knowledge to share. And Pete put up your two great websites up in our chat where people can go get information about what officer safety is and what it means to you and how you're delivering that message to the industry. So, Thank you for that, because it's not always the, the pretty, it's not always the um, happy-go-lucky things. You know, a lot of times when we think about creating programs, we think about it because of a situation that's happened, something negative, and we're reacting to it. So having these resources out there, it's extremely helpful for all of us in this industry. So thank you for that, Mr. Mayor Flora. It's really appreciated. You know, another thing that I really want to point out is, you know, officer safety shouldn't be an afterthought and let's focus on it after something happens. 
right. you know, th- there's always that, you know, the, um, uh, what's that saying? The uh, uh, ounce of prevention is always worth the pound of cure. Uh, so, you know, and, and when you see some of these things that happen, you know, we got to interview Ms. Francis Wright some time ago. Oh, you know, his, her, she, her husband was murdered, a code enforcement officer. And there was a lot of red flags that were kind of ignored, you know? So, you know, there was a previous history, which should have been identified prior to him going out. There's a lot of, you know, same thing with, you know, some of these uh, uh, folks that get, you know, shot. Sometimes, you know, they didn't have the proper backup, like law enforcement to go serve a warrant. You know, they were caught off guard, you know, the, the signs were there. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, a lot of these folks don't have the training, like, hey, take every single threat seriously. If somebody says, hey, you know, you're, you're going to look great hanging on my wall, you know, like a, like a prized animal, you know, that that's a serious threat. And you should always take it as so and jot that in the notes. So if a future officer goes to those types of uh, calls, that's documented. So you understand that there's a potential risk there. And a lot of people don't really see that when they get a complaint, they look at property history and like, hey, you know what, um, this guy made a verbal threat, he got aggressive. And one of the things that I, I'm a really advocate for is, I always say, if you have the opportunity, as soon as, like you said, it starts turning yellow, you know what, I'm gonna say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna come in back a different day, or I'm gonna give you a phone call, and we can discuss it. That I, I'm a big proponent of, if you can walk away, walk away. I hear sometimes walk away is never the answer. Stand your ground. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? That's not me. I'm like, you know what? If I can walk away, I'm going to walk away because at the end of the day, I want to go home safe. Yeah. And, you know, uh, one, one more thing. I, I do see folks that, you know, they, they really want to say, hey, we need to show them that we're the boss. That's not the right mindset. You know, that's that's you know, that's a recipe for getting yourself uh, hurt or, you know, especially antagonizing, you know, the uh, the residents saying, hey, I'm I'm code enforcement and you're going to do what I'm telling you because I'm the city and you have to listen to me. And that's that's not where we're about. We're about offering solutions, being, you know, good members of the community. Exactly. And, and realistically, you know what I've I've you know, I've gotten sticky situations in the past and I can tell you. The majority of residents want to work with you. They don't want to harm you. That's yeah. Pete, let me um, just wrap up my part and talk real quickly about tools of the trade. Oh, I don't believe code enforcement officers across America should be allowed to carry a, a weapon, a pistol. Okay. I'm not an advocate for that. Uh, I have my toys. And trust me, I love them, but I think for the occupation of code enforcement officer, I don't think that that's my own personal opinion. Okay. And that being said, any employee for city, county, or state, while on the job, if they carry a weapon that they are not authorized to carry, uh, be cautioned and be aware because that right there can open up a whole nother can of worms and you possibly won't be working for that agency anymore. Mm-hmm. So with that being said is that I see a lot of cities uh, going out and buying these uh, seven, $800 or whatever uh, vests, bulletproof vests. Well, I would rather them spend that eight, 
seven, eight hundred dollars towards officer safety training, which is a lot cheaper than that, and other things, because that vest, when someone stand in front of you and when they take a swing at you and smack your face, that that vest doesn't do nothing, zero. Okay, so officers and people, uh, employees carrying a clipboard, a metal clipboard, is a very, very good, cheap, inexpensive defensive weapon if a pit bull is charging you or a german shepherd and he's charging full bore and you're out in the open you don't have the chance to get behind something if you stand your ground and hold that clipboard in front of you and let that dog bite that the first thing just as he bite it whether you're male or female you need to practice a front snap kick and kick him right in the throat that <laughs> most of the time will slow the dog down or he will stop and think, okay? And obviously you're trying to get to safety, but a clipboard will also stop and block someone taking a swing right at you. You can use that as a defensive weapon and the corner of that metal clipboard to somebody's throat, uh, that, 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 can, that can get attention real quick. Uh, your ink pen, I encourage officers on their uniform to get the uniforms, the shirts, the jackets that have the ink pen holders on their shoulder outside, not on their little pocket in front, but on their shoulder that they can just grab. And your ink pen should always be a metal ink pen, not a plastic. A plastic ink pen is totally useless. You may as well throw it away. Get a metal ink pen. And I, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. A metal ink pen can kill somebody, okay? Uh, your cell phone can kill somebody, okay? Using your cell phone properly, there you go. So there's a lot of things, you don't have to go out and buy $800 vests. Nobody should be carrying guns, pistols, unless you're certified and you're part of a police department, that's a different situation. But even at that, if a customer, a citizen is screaming, hollering, cussing at you right in front of your face, you can't pull that pistol out and stick it at their face like, you better shut up or I'm going to do what? So that's a joke. You don't you don't bluff like that. You, do, you don't do that. So there's a, this class that I present and that I offer gives you a lot of different scenarios. There's dog bite sticks. You can use an umbrella. Um, I've had difficult chase, cases in Stockton that no one else could crack. And... I was able to, being a construction guy, I grabbed a hard hat, I threw on a yellow vest, I put my tape measure on my hip, and I had my clipboard, and I showed up to this property, and it said, beware dog. I was real cautious, went in right outside the gate, looking up at this tree, just staring at this tree, and kind of out of the side of my eye, I see the blinds moving in the house. And the next thing I know, this guy comes out, he goes, hey, what's your problem? What are you doing? I go, hey, sir, I'm looking, what kind of tree is this? And I knew what kind of tree it was. And I just was just feeding him a line. I said, you know, these kind of trees are known to have a certain kind of disease and they have to be trimmed and pruned. He goes, really? Yeah, so he got closer as he got closer. Uh, he's behind the fence and I'm talking away and then I un take the paper out of my clipboard. I go, 
uh, by the way, this is a notice violation for your garbage, junk, and debris, and hand it to him. And he's like, what? I, I, blah, 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 and start making noise. And so I was able to get in. Um, other time I'd show up with a cane, act like an old guy limping, walk up with a cane. And I love doing that because I love, well, if you understand me, I love swinging a cane. So I know how to swing a cane pretty good. And so I act like an old man, and then they come out and like, who's that guy? Hey, can I help you? And so you can use different tactics to get in to do what you need to do as a front disguise. Um, and and, and just, just caution, that, that shiny badge you got is totally worthless. You may as well hide it and put it away. It's, it's, it's not a good enough bluff nowadays to stop these crazy people that are on drugs and that are mad and upset. So, Art, so are one, of, one of the things that, you know, I, you know, that people forget also, sometimes your demeanor is, you know, a component officer safety. You know, sometimes going in there, you know, you, you just can't act. Just, you know, coming in with, a, with some, so, some sort of command presence, it's important. You know, I'm not saying stand your ground. Like, you know, when I say stand your ground, you know, you, you do want to communicate effectively, properly. You know, you always want to give that, you know, that a customer service, but you also have to let them know that you're there to provide a service and do your job, you know, explain it to them, you know, and, you know, always be aware of your surroundings, be, you know, and just be kind of cognizant of what's around, you know, like you said, you know, parking your vehicle in a certain location or, or doing this. I mean, you know, we, I, I'm seeing how passionate you are because, I mean, once you get going, sometimes you're just like, this happens and that happens and that, you, you know, and I, I get it, you know. Uh, you know, I looked at your website, you know, you, you do some 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 uh, some joint locks and, you know, a lot of times people don't realize, you know, little little movements, you know. You know, so, you know a lot of the police officer um, trainings, they use the Koga system or they use some jujitsu or, you know, I mean, it's, it's important, you know. You, you're doing uh, a, a scrima, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, you, you, you're like, uh, you know, I've seen you with your, your bows and your swords and stuff like that, you know, and I see how, you know, how passionate you are about this stuff. So, you know, I, I thank you, you know, I really thank you for all that you do. Um, you know, I, I, like I, I, I've been to your training multiple times. I, I learned something every single time. You do get everybody engaged and say, hey, if, you know, somebody grabs at you like this, this is something that you can do and you have them practice and it's simple movements, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it comes to, you know, me doing, you know, martial arts, you come to realize it takes patience. You know, sometimes you, you know, somebody's trying to choke you, you just need to be patient and grab somebody and do what you got to do. It's a lot of muscle memory. It's a lot of training, a lot of patience, you know, and you, you have the ability to give that little, you know, just kind of like a little quick glimpse of what you can do if you're ever stuck in a situation. Because sometimes that stuff kind of just comes back to you right away. So, but uh, we really appreciate, you know, your time today. It's it's great stuff. I love it. Um, you know, we do have Cecilia Muela on because she is going to talk about a little bit about her, um, the awareness training that's also being offered next week at the Women Leaders in Code Enforcement Symposium. And she is going to be with us right about now, I think. Uh, let me see. There she is. <laughs> Do you remember Miss uh, Cecilia Muela here? <laughs> Good morning, Art. How are you? Good morning. Long time no see. 
know, I know. Um, I just want to say before I go into my announcement how much I learned from Art when I took his training way back when. And um, I got to say that Art's training is so fundamental because it does not give you a false sense of security, but it does absolutely provide you the tools of the trade to ensure that you're going into properties um, in a safe manner, that you're looking for cues, listening for cues, making sure that you're safe, making sure that you get in, in a position where you can exit the property if you're ever in a pinch or to assess what's going on in front of you. And I know that for me, Art, I can attest to this, that all of the, the teachings that I learned from Art really came in handy in my professional endeavors as a field inspector. And um, I couldn't be more thankful to you, Art, for providing me that, that specific training as, um, as well as many other uh, you know, code officers that you've also trained. So um, if you haven't taken an art class, you have to take an art class. It's, it's a great class to take for sure. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, and with that, we do have as part of the women's symposium, which is next week. We're so excited for that. The twenty-third, the twenty-fifth, um, is our women leaders in code enforcement symposium. And um, as part of that, all registrants, anybody who is registered to attend either the virtual or the live part of the symposium is getting special pricing to take their situation awareness uh, specialist certification training through the Arcuri group. It is a four hour class that's gonna be held on March 28th um, at 10 o'clock. I think it's 10.30 to 10.30, 11, 12, four hours. So 10.30 to two or 10.30 to one, I'm sorry. I, I don't have it right in front of me, 11, 12, one, two. Yeah, 10.30 to, to 1.30 uh, on Monday. Um, the 28th, which is post symposium. Now, the Arcuri group, uh, that specific training usually will run about $185 or so because it is so vital for us that we provide training on the technical aspect as well that really covers officer safety. Um, we are partnering with the Arcuri group and WLCE or the Women Leaders in Code Enforcement are subsidizing that fee so that we can provide you um, an attainable fee at $90 for that four hour training to include the certification that does have a, a, a test component to it that the participants can take. Um, it is an amazing group to work with. They are globally known um, law enforcement, military folks. They train everyone nationwide, globally, uh, different groups that are looking for officer safety, um, you know, uh, tools of the trade to ensure your safety out in the field. And, and let's let's also connect that into the office, because a lot of the times we focus so much on well, it's officer safety out in the field, um, but there's also that component of officer safety within the office. The officer safety of when you're coming in and you're connecting with folks that are coming at the front counter that perhaps are not too happy to see you or or the receptionist that's sitting with somebody that perhaps, have, perhaps has a code case or the building inspector that's going out to a job site and encountering you know, um, a, a not so nice interaction, if you will. So this training is so fundamental and um, as I mentioned with arts training it's an amazing training the, the one that arts provides the one that they are carry group again $90 
friends and family discount for all registered participants of WLCE, as well as the participants themselves. If you want more information about that training, you can find it at WLCE.net. Um, and you'll look at um, uh, special pricing or it's under the tab for other uh, um, training opportunities. You can go ahead and register online there and we can get you on the roster for Monday, March 28th so that you can participate in that training. And let's see, we have Pete and Cece, are you teaming up with the Code Enforcement Officer Safety Foundation who has a safety training program? We're actually working um, with the Arcuri Group. Thank you, David, that's a great question. The Arcuri Group um, also provides a training program. Art Miraflor uh, provides a great training program. We've worked with Art Miraflor for many, many years. Um, we'd like to provide kind of a, a full round training that encompasses code enforcement but also ties into office mechanisms such as you know uh, the front counter safety um, fire prevention inspector safety uh, planning uh, building inspector just the ins and outs of that um, again we want to make sure that uh, we provide that level of training that we feel is is really substantial to those out there and thank you, Cecilia, for coming on and just reminding everybody, Women Leaders in Code Enforcement is next week. And we are going back to talk a little bit more with Art. But thank you very much for uh, appearing. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Ceci. Yeah, thank you. Bye, Bye Cecilia. Bye. Bye. So, Art, love the, love the questions. So we are getting questions about code enforcement training. You are, you've done code enforcement yourself. Uh, you've been a pro at what you've done for many, many years. You've been doing it since the 80s. Really appreciate all you do. Uh, we, I, I will make it a personal goal to um, have you uh, teach on a national level at, uh, with the American Association of Code Enforcement. Uh, it, is, you know, uh, it is important to get that information out there. Yes, mm -hmm. you know, so I know, um, I know you are working with, with uh, you know, doing some training with Dallas and we you know, I, I understand why I've taken your training, highly recommend your training. It's real life scenario training because you've done the job. Um, you know, it's and, and I can appreciate I can appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, Mr. Miraflor, it was a pleasure having you on today. Um, we can't wait for one of your other trainings to come up and take part in one of those, like Pete said, getting you on a national level and I'll look forward to meeting you in person. Um, but we do, we are out of time. So we do want to say goodbye to all of our awesome guests and, uh, Pete and Mr. Mirafor. Uh, you have anything else for us today, sir? No, ma'am. Thank you very much. And, uh, everybody just be safe and be aware of your surroundings. If you see something, say something. And I do appreciate the time. And I'm sorry I had that senior moment. We started our show without going live. And I apologize for that. <laughs> but, you know, I really appreciate your time, Art. And thank you. And it's been a pleasure running into you uh, all over the place, all over all, for the number of years that we've known each other. And I re really highly recommend uh, the stuff that you do because it's real life training. So thank you, everybody. And we will see you next time. Remember, awesome is an everyday thing. All right. Bye.